Welcome to the Vibing Consciously podcast, where we explore the power of conscious living and elevating our vibrations. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm a metaphysician and energy healer. I specialize in healing trauma and guiding us on the journey to self-love. My purpose is to help the world heal through this pivotal time in history, and I'm honored to be here by my best friend and co-host, Sarah. I'll be here to help everyday people find ways to stay healthy while healing because it's essential to nourish our bodies as well as our minds in order to stay fit and create a life of joy. We delight in the beauty of a butterfly, but rarely admit to the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. and welcome back. Today we will be discussing the power of self-healing and energy healing. Yes, and with me being an energy healer, I love talking about energy healing because from what we know, energy healing actually dates back to 3,000 years ago. That is so much older than Western medicine. The first energy healing modality that we have on record is actually Ayurvedic medicine, which means the science of life, and it's the world's oldest holistic whole body healing system, and it was developed in India. The definition of energy healing is a form of complementary and alternative medicine based on the belief that a vital energy flows through the human body. The goal of energy healing is to balance the energy flow in the patient and is used to reduce stress and anxiety and promote well-being. That's what Google tells us. And how it works is energy healing works inside of our auric field, moving stagnant energy caused by trauma, unexpressed emotion, or physical trauma. So how it works with energy healing is a practitioner is actually attuned with the modality such as Reiki or Archangelic Light but we don't have to be attuned to be able to send ourselves energy healing. We all are born with healing abilities. I mean, how do you think our bodies can naturally heal itself when we get a cut? I think a cool example is when we get hurt, what's the first thing we do? We put our hands on the place that was hurt, right? Even better, when something breaks our heart, where do we often find ourselves placing our hands on our heart? And why do you think that is? Our hands carry natural healing energy. So I've actually got an activity that we learned in my Reiki class that I love. You can actually take both arms out to your side and bring your hands slowly together, keeping your fingers closed together and straight, but don't let your hands touch. And you keep taking it out to your sides and bring them within a couple of inches to each other. And I say do this five times. And now rub your hands together quickly, causing lots of friction and then stop and slowly pull them apart. Do you feel like it's a magnet? Are you starting to feel it going? Yeah. And then I've already got a little ball going, but you can rub your hands together, causing lots of friction, and then slowly pull them away. (laughs) Isn't that cool? You feel it? Yeah, that's so crazy. So when you have this little ball of energy, you can actually manipulate it and move it around and it can start feeling like you're holding a basketball or a ball of energy in your hands. It's pretty cool. And then if someone is close by, you can place your hands above their body. And you can do this to yourself too. But to someone else, you know, it's even cooler. They can start to feel heat or tingling through their body where you have your hands above them. You're not even touching them. Do you feel it? Yeah, it's weird. It's pretty cool. 
<laughs> look at that, everybody. We don't just talk. We try things, too. <laughs> oh, look at this. Hand clap. Yay! <laughs> we did it! <laughs> okay, so... That was my cool little activity, and we'll talk about energy healing a little more, but right now, Sarah's actually going to talk about the healing benefits of yoga. All right. Yeah. Let's talk yoga. Yeah. <laughs> or at least what I've learned thus far. Yoga primarily works as a concept of prana. Prana is basically the life force or vital energy that flows through the body. The practice of yoga can obviously help with the flow of prana to promote the movement of energy through the body. Some of the ways to help energy move through the body in yoga are practicing yoga poses that can help release blockages in the body and help the energy flow more freely. Poses like spinal twists, forward folds, inversions can be particularly helpful in this regard. Kat, have you ever tried any of these to unblock any of your chakras and move that energy? Yes, I have, and I cry every time. Mm. Yoga is my cry time. That's how I know that I'm moving something. What pose were you in, do you remember? Personally, I've done camel pose, and that one is a huge heart opener, and that one has uh, released a lot. Or have you not tried any of those? Have you been doing something like downward dog, child's pose even? I mean, it doesn't have to be these ones listed here. It could be something completely different that helps to move the energy in your body. No, the spinal twists definitely get me and the hip openers mm -hmm. get me. Because like I've said before, I have a lot of sexual trauma. Your hips are your junk drawer. So they store everything, all your stresses and everything get piled into your drawers. And then when you go to try to stretch it out in frog pose or whatever pose you want to do, holy moly. Yeah, frog pose is, is a tough one. Frog pose gets me in happy baby. Mm. Mm. Happy baby. Another way to move energy in yoga is breath work exercises. It can help to increase the flow of prana in the body by regulating the breath. Breathwork techniques like the breath of fire can be especially effective. Kat, have you done any practice in breathwork? Yeah, I actually love breathwork, not just in yoga, but I've actually done breathwork exercises where you increase your breathing, like that, mm -hmm. or a lot of ahs, that, those breaths. Mm -hmm. And you would be shocked at how much it releases from your body. And I've even seen man camps mm -hmm. where men will go to a, a breathwork camp to release a lot of the anger that they have, a lot of ego that they've stored up. And I've seen it change men's lives. And I think breathwork is great for everybody, but especially for men, I think mm -hmm. it's really beneficial. Oh yeah. And have you ever tried it when right before you get ready to meditate? Because, and the reason I asked that is because meditation is another great way to move energy through the body. Mm -hmm. And breath work is a great way to lead you into meditating. Yeah, that's Especially right. the slower breath work. But meditation can help to promote the movement of energy. Techniques like chakra meditation, where one focuses on each of the seven chakras in turn can be particularly helpful. I know this to be true because I've done it without even trying. Honestly, I don't really concentrate on a specific chakra. It just happens. I kind of get lost in the pretty movement of 
energy that I'm seeing and the first time I ever saw energy and color I was just like wow it's so pretty it's like a painting mm -hmm. it's just all this beautiful movement or maybe it was just me controlling it I don't know but I remember the first time I saw it texted you the next day I was like hey I was meditating and I saw purple and it was moving everywhere it went from white to purple what was that <laughs> yeah but yeah I've done that with the probably close to all the chakras now but the thing is when you move the energy from the chakra and correct me if I'm wrong you can move it but then it can just as easily be blocked back up yeah so this is something that you may have to do well you will have to do more than once yeah, and it's, just, it's the same with energy healing, too. I tell people who come to my practice who have never gotten Reiki before, and they think that Reiki is going to be the cure-all to all of their problems, and they're going to walk away feeling like a million bucks for mm -hmm. the rest of their life. That's not the case. Hey, if it happens like that, you need to tell me what you're doing. <laughs> but energy work does make you feel amazing, but you do have to keep coming back. Like we've said over and over, we have layers, and mm -hmm. when we do energy healing whether it be reiki shamanic work or yoga mm -hmm. you move through your auric layer as you work through these traumas that you're going through and you may get through the first layer and you're seeing all these colors and you leave out of there feeling like a million bucks but the universe is going to continue to test you so even after you've cleared out that chakra the universe is going to say all right we're going to see if she can keep it clear Oh, the universe did that to me this morning. I went this morning to go pick up donuts for our daughters. Mm -hmm. And the guy before me bought them all. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, don't say anything. I wanted to. Ego was screaming at me to say something, but I kept my act together. I was like... <sighs> yeah, those are the times when I just say they must have not needed those donuts. Yep. They didn't need them, and they're probably still sitting down there, the ones that I did get, so. But it's just funny how you have these little tests, and I mean, I've already had my, what I thought was my amount of tests last week when I had a family member in town, but no, it needs to keep going. <laughs> yeah, but it, and I will say, and I'm not trying to call you out, Sarah, but it only keeps going as long as we let it. Mm -hmm. It's up to us, and this is something that Joe Dispenza says all the time, and I feel like I just need Joe Dispenza in my back pocket all the time because I have to remind myself of this constantly. It's as easy or as hard as we're going to make it. Mm -hmm. We can either let it go right then or we can continue to carry it around. But for people like us, sometimes it's not as easy as just letting it go because mm -hmm. we've been in this repetition for 34 years. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would love to just be able to let it go like magic. Yeah. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. It just doesn't work that way with some people. Mm -hmm. And maybe I just love energy healing so much. <laughs> you do. <laughs> that I just have to keep blocking myself up to go in for more energy healing. You're really good at protecting your energy, too. I try to be. I have to be now because I didn't realize how susceptible I was to other people's energy. And mm -hmm. I was actually just talking to my husband about this last night because... We meditate together at night sometimes, and he said as soon as he came out of the meditation and I had already rolled over and went to sleep, I was already done, he felt like he had beings above him hovering above his head, and he told me, Kat, that's the closest I've ever come to freaking out. I didn't know what was going on, and I have stuff like this all the time happen, and I said, have I not ever told you how to wrap your energy 
Mm. How to wrap yourself. And he said, no, what? And I was kind of shocked because I wrap myself all the time. And I don't know if I've even told you this. Yeah, you have. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I kind of took him through the steps of when I feel like there are other entities around me or energy around me that I don't want, I wrap myself in white light. And how I do that is I just close my eyes and I envision my aura. So it's the length out when you have your arms out to your side, all around you, 360 degrees around you. Just imagine yourself in a ball of white light. And it sounds so simple, but it does wonders. Because I told him, yeah, after I got out of the meditation, I felt him there too. But I just wrapped myself up and then I went to sleep. I Hmm. knew I was protected. So you have to wrap yourself up. I know I'm protected. And if it is separate entities, I always say, if you are not here for my highest and best good, I'm going to need you to leave. If you're here for my highest and best good, you can stay, but you have to be outside of my energy field because you're making me feel uncomfortable. Mm. And what's funny is my Reiki teacher is actually the person that told me all of this because I went in for my own Reiki appointment and I was telling her how I was starting to open up channels to either family members of my clients who have passed. They're starting to talk to me now and sometimes they can come on really strong And that is a lot on my energy. And I told her I haven't figured out how to build my energy back up after these appointments. I feel so depleted after them. And it's not the Reiki that's doing it. It's the other energy that's coming into my field and communicating through me to them. And she said, you have to set boundaries. Uh And I said, oh, great. I have to set boundaries with alive people and dead people. (laughs) You have to be joking me. But no. That's what it is. It's the absolute truth. And you can think that it's as woo-woo as you want. And you can say, I don't believe in all that stuff. You can go ahead and not believe in it all you want. It's still going to be there. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you believe in it or not. Mm -hmm. It's still going to be there. They're still around. We have spirits, loved ones, and not loved ones around us all the time. All the time. And we don't realize it a lot because we can't see them. But as you open up with you doing yoga and meditation, you'll see all sorts of things coming to you. And and I know personally, you've called me several times. This person just popped up in my head out of nowhere. Bam, there they are. And even people that you've never seen. Yeah, like looking right at me. Yep. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yep. And we can, we can think that it's all in our head because I know with me growing up, I felt like that sometimes too. And I just said, oh, I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. This isn't anything. I'm just thinking about them. Mm-hmm. No, they're connecting to you and you're seeing them because they're now connecting to your field. They're right beside of you energetically. You just can't see them. So if it's someone that you don't want there, wrap yourself up, know that you're protected and say, sorry, you got to go. Have you done that with people that are currently alive that you do know? Have you connected with them? Have there been ones that you were okay with and then ones that you were like not okay with? Oh, absolutely. All the time. So the ones that you're not okay with, you're like, I'm going to need you to leave now. Yes. It's harder with those that are alive, though. I will say, I think that the energy is stronger with those who are alive because those that have passed there can still be strong ones I've had some that I felt like they're shaking my body when I have 
been doing Reiki on one client especially. She has a very strong male presence around her. And I'll go over her solar plexus where she's holding trauma from this person. And I'll feel them almost shaking my body like, why can't she see me? Why can't she hear me? Mm. And then I just have to talk to them. Look, you want her to hear you. You have to speak through me. And that's just what it's going to be. And you have to be okay with it for now. And if you aren't okay with it, then I'm going to need you to leave. You can't come in here, treat me this way. I'm not going to allow you to do that. You can't come at me this hard, this aggressive. If you want to talk to her, you need to calm down and you need to tell me what you need her to know. And usually they will. But people who are alive, to me, it comes in repetitive thought patterns over and over and over and over and over again. So if I'm thinking about painting, you know, and that's kind of what consumes my brain. And honestly, what's in my brain a lot of the time is just music. Mm -hmm. I just hear music a lot. So once the music stops and I start thinking about somebody and they're over and over and over again, negative thoughts about them because I don't let negative thoughts creep in my head like that unnoticed. And at first I say, okay, why am I thinking this? Is this something that I need to work on? And if it's not, if it's something that I've already worked on, or if I say, just say it's someone that I had an argument with, because I have to give an example here. If it's someone that I had an argument with, and I'm sitting here going over in my head of all the things that I should have said, I say, okay, is this my hurt? Am I hurting because I didn't say those things? And then I honor myself, and then I move on. If it stops, then I know it's me. If it continues on and on and on, and they keep coming in my head, that's when I say, I know you're in there. I know that you're connecting with me right now, and I need you to go. I have already connected with myself, and I know it's not me. I know it's you. I love you so much, but I'm going to need you to go. And mm -hmm. really, a lot of people, because you see in movies when, uh, when people are possessed or whatever, they say, in the name of Jesus Christ, the power of Christ compels you. There are some that you may need to do that with, because there have been times where in my dreams— I felt like I was being taken, and in my dreams, I've said that. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to need you to leave. Because for us who are still learning how to protect our energy, sometimes we have to call in other people as help. And I call in Archangel Michael all the time. Archangel Michael is like my sidekick. He's with me all the time. Mm -hmm. If I can't get this person out of my head, and I've already <clears throat> told them they need to go, and they're still not out, I say, Michael, please, can you come in? and get this negative entity away from me. I've done everything I can. I'm gonna, I need them to leave because all they're doing is bringing me down. Yeah, I mean, I had something similar, not similar, but something that happened to me at the age of 14, which I'm actually comfortable talking about this now, but it's taken me 20 years to talk about it. I come from a religious background, specifically Southern Fundamental Baptist. We went on a missions trip to the Cayman Islands and this is the type of trip where you're not even wear a lot women, girls, teenagers, whatever, not allowed to wear bathing suits. So when we went swimming in the ocean, you're not allowed to wear bathing suits. So very strict is basically what I'm getting at. Anyway, when we were there, something weird happened. One of the girls that was there, I think there was about 25 teens, maybe. Girls were, of course, separated from the boys. So it was just the girls in the one area. Something happened, and just from what I can remember, it was uh, one of my friends who, she started acting a lot differently. She wasn't wanting to pray when we would pray. She tried to hold her ears, you know, close her ears off, and then she would 
walk up to you and she would say weird things. Like I was looking out the window and we were standing there one day and she walks up to me and she goes, who are you looking for? And I said, nobody, I'm just looking out the window. And she goes, you know, Orlando Bloom is coming on a, a cruise ship, like super weird stuff. <laughs> but then she scratched me after that, which sounds very strange, right? Well, the whole time all this stuff was going on, you know, with her not eating, she wasn't sleeping, nothing. The pastor that was with us was telling us that she was possessed by a demon. So at 14 years old, being raised Baptist and having the pastor who everybody looks up to tell you that this friend of yours is possessed by a demon, you're going to take that home with you. And one day they end up taking her back to the U.S. They left us all there for a couple more days to try to enjoy our trip. And when we got back, they never asked any of the teenagers if we needed to talk anything out. They didn't give us any answers. They didn't say anything that was wrong with her. There's just, it was left at, she was possessed by a demon, but she's fine now. But she had an incident, though, where she, something else weird happened, though, right? To where it, that signaled them to say that she was possessed by a demon? I'm trying to remember. Because she ended up being bipolar, and it was like she almost switched personalities or something. Yeah, and there was another incident where when we were out in the Cayman Islands, she was sitting on the couch, and she was sitting next to her best friend at the time, and I was sitting at the chair across from them, and the pastor was sitting next to the other girl. Hopefully all that made sense. Anyway, we're all sitting in this area, and the girl, she, um, she was saying stuff in a low, deep tone, and then all of a sudden, it was an instant switch, and she was saying, help me, help me. And then she changed again. And it went back to that low, deep tone, which made it seem like she was possessed by a demon. You know, I'm 14, year old, or 14 years old, and I'm sitting there staring at all this weird stuff that's happening. I don't know anything about this. Anyway, they ended up, after they tried multiple times, like, in the name of Jesus, you know, this, that, and the other, they ended up taking her back to the States. Because I guess that wasn't working. I don't know. When we got back to the States, my mom didn't ask me what happened. The pastor of the church didn't say, hey, does anybody need to talk this out about what happened? It was just left that she was possessed by a demon. All right, go drink your tea, eat your breakfast. That was it. 20 years later, <laughs> after 20 years of being scared of this entire thing, thinking that, you know, that could happen and just being scared of the negative stuff, like so scared that I wouldn't watch any movies that had to do with that stuff. I would not travel out of the country because of it. Really, really terrified of this stuff. And I was actually talking to you, Kat, about this stuff. Went to bed one night and I think you were gone somewhere. You were on a trip or something. And I had a dream and I didn't tell anybody about this because it freaked me out. I didn't tell you till a couple days later. But I had a dream of like this old, Victor like not old, she was a Victorian lady, looked from like maybe the 16, 1700s. And I was sitting at what looked like a desk and she was coming towards me slowly. And then she just starts coming at me really quickly. And in that dream, I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you know, blah, 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 blah. I didn't talk about that for a couple of days. I mean, that woke me up out of my sleep. It was so scary. And then I had talked to you about it. And then, I don't know, everything kind of just fell into place to where I ended up reaching out to the girl's sister. And I asked her, I said, hey, I said, I know it's been 20 years, but I said, this has really affected my life. 
for being at such a young age and experiencing all this stuff. What was wrong with your sister? Can you please tell me what happened? Because nobody ever told us anything. Well, I ended up finding out that she's basically bipolar and was just needing to be on medicine that they didn't know about. And it's actually family history line. They have a lot of that. So that would have been nice to know 20 years ago. But since then, <laughs> I'm actually more comfortable talking about this stuff. So that's good. Yeah, and it's funny that we actually have sort of similar backgrounds in that where I wasn't raised religious. My dad was not religious at all, and my mom was just kind of confused. But my two best friends were very religious, and I was practically raised in their house as Christian. And my mom ended up having dissociative identity disorder is what it was called at the time and had up to 13 personalities. And I was actually being called by family a demon. Your mom is possessed by the devil. Therefore, you are spawns of Satan. And that's how my, my brother and I were raised up. We believe that we were the spawns of Satan, that we were actually the ones that were being possessed. And I was terrified of having my mom's condition as I grew up. And I think that this is all a part of our journey of self-healing, where a lot of us were raised with certain beliefs, whether it be religious or against religion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of my biggest goals with this podcast is to open the minds of those who have been controlled by religion and the fear that religion brings. Because, and I'm not saying that I don't believe the Bible or other spiritual books. I think that there is a lot of truth in those books, but I think that the words have been manipulated by man. And we haven't really been paying attention to what they have been saying because Jesus said in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me can do the same miracles that I have done and even greater things than these will you do. So Jesus knew back then that he was powerful, but he knows that those coming after him are even more powerful. And we read these words in the Bible when we continue to worship Jesus like he said not to do. And his spirit, I think, incarnated on earth to show us a way in elevating our minds and raising our consciousness by connecting with the divine in love. Jesus had the ability to heal by using energy healing with his hands along the same lines as Reiki. Mm -hmm. And those who are religious tend to get a little closed-minded and forget about what he said. And they continue to think that God and Jesus are above us and we're not able to do the things that Jesus did. And even in the Buddhist culture, Buddha said, peace comes from within, do not seek it without. And in the Bhavad Gita, Krishna said, the impermanent has no reality. Reality lies in the eternal. Those who have seen the boundary between these two have attained the end of all knowledge. Realize that which pervades the universe is indestructible. No power can affect this unchanging, imperishable reality. The body is mortal, but he who dwells in the body is immortal and immeasurable. All of the greatest healers said the same thing. We're all capable of healing ourselves. The ones who we now worship claim to be no different than us. So how can we finally see ourselves in the same light? And I think that's by realizing our power and our divinity and we're able to heal ourselves. That is our ultimate power here on earth. And we think that we have to continue to go to the doctor for the doctor to tell us what's going on with our own body. We are the most disconnected from ourselves now than we have ever been in the history of humanity. 
but it's starting to come back around because we're starting to see people doing energy healing again with crystals, tuning forks, sound bowls, rattles, sage, tarot cards, essential oils. There are all sorts of energy healing modalities out there outside of what we've talked about. Some of the other modalities that I'm familiar with, if you do want to get energy healing outside of Reiki, Archangelic Light, there's shamanic work, hypnotherapy, kinesiology, acupuncture, chiropractic, access bars, reflexology, like you said, Sarah, massage, mm -hmm. yoga, Tai Chi is great. There are so many different modalities that are available to us to heal because we're all so different. For me, Reiki may work wonders, but to someone else, it may not do anything. They may not be open to that type of energy right now. Maybe they need to do shamanic work. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they just need to run some sage. Referring to when you were talking about Jesus and then the people now and how they're like stuck in their headstrong ways. A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except his thoughts. He loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusion. Yep. I don't think that a lot of us even realize that we live like that mm -hmm. until we come to this awareness. I think that we live in our head mm -hmm. for a lot of our lives, and a lot of our life is dictated based off of our limited perceptions of things. And I don't know what really happens in us, but it, it, it is almost like a force comes over us that says, hold up, stop for a second. What are you thinking about? How long have you been thinking about this? Holy crap, and it's done what? So maybe I need to stop. Mm -hmm. And like you, this has been eating you alive for 20 years. And then finally, it took you having that dream because a lot of us will just say, oh, it was crazy, move on, forget about it. It wasn't that, she wasn't possessed by demons, come on now, and move on. But the 14-year-old you is still living inside of you with that fear. As many times as you want to move on and distract yourself, and from what I found out as someone who has complex PTSD, the way that complex PTSD is diagnosed against regular PTSD, and I'm sure there are other things, and I'm, I'm missing some things, so this isn't the only thing, so please don't hold me to it to the T. But with complex PTSD it comes back in nightmares and flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Because in regular PTSD, you have all the PTSD symptoms, but you don't have the nightmares and flashbacks. The nightmares and flashbacks come from complex PTSD, and complex PTSD happens when something very traumatic happens in your life, and you cannot process it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened to you. Something very traumatic happened, and something that we've seen in movies, like The Exorcist, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. and you're, I couldn't watch that one. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh my God, what is going to happen? Because you're only 14 years old. Your mm -hmm. brain doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that part of you stays until you heal it. Mm -hmm. And it took you having that nightmare to say, okay, it's time for me to move on. And something woke up inside of you to say, okay, write her sister, see the truth of the matter, and then how did you feel after you found out the truth? So much better. <laughs> right. This is the like, first time you've brought it up. Yeah, it was like a deep breath. Yeah, I haven't, I don't like talking. I didn't like talking about it. Now I don't mind it. Yeah, but this is the first time that you've brought it up since mm -hmm. that day. you talked to her. Yeah. And it, you were bringing it up. 
more and more before that. Like you knew that it was eating at you, Mm -hmm. but you didn't really know what to do the next steps. Mm -hmm. But then you had the nightmare and it stinks that sometimes it happens like that. It's not fun. That wasn't my first nightmare either. I ignored the first nightmare. First Mm -hmm. nightmare was probably like two, three years ago Mm -hmm. and I ignored it. Yeah. And it'll keep coming back up until you face it. Now that I face it, I feel like I have a weight off my shoulders. I'm like, wow, I feel a lot better. Yep. Because when you're crying in the shower because you're scared of something, that's not, you need to fix it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I had a lot of stuff that happened to me in the past that I had repressed that came up through nightmares. And I had nightmares for a while, but they even were kind of trying to hide the truth from me a little bit. Like I was in hard denial for Mm -hmm. a long time. And then once I finally said, all right, I'm going to accept it for what it is, that's when I actually said, well, oh my God, that's what it is. All the decisions that I made through my teenage years and my early 20s and the triggers that I have now, oh my God, it all goes back to that. Mm -hmm. And even though that was not a wonderful thing, it was horrible, the thing that happened, just coming to the awareness of, oh my gosh, I'm acting like this because of that. And that person is not going to have power over me anymore. It's mm-hmm. so much easier to move on and just let it go. Getting that weight off your shoulders is amazing. Yeah, it really is. I know we branched off a little bit there, Kat, but let's swing back around to what I was talking about on how you move energy in yoga. That way we can wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> mantras. Chanting mantras can help stimulate energy centers in the body to promote the flow of prana. Mantras like um uh, are commonly used in yoga practice. I don't know if you've tried that in any of your yoga practices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then guided meditation, which we have discussed. So definitely give guided meditation a, a try and see how that does for you. And maybe try a little um. And some mandras to go with it too. The hand positionings. Mm-hmm. And you can also help support your energy system and help energy move in other ways like daily exercises, grounding yourself outside, doing daily sun salutations, rest, prayer, chanting, sound healing. Any of those work. And that sums up today's episode. We hope that you learned a lot about energy healing. We covered a lot of information today. Yes, we sure did. Our next episode is going to be super exciting. We are going to have our first guest, Natalie Toskeech, on the show. And we are going to be talking about manifesting. Woo! And how you can use all the information that we've talked about so far to manifest the life of your dreams and anything you could possibly want. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery and healing. We hope the discussions and practices we've shared have helped you raise your vibration and find more peace and balance in your life. Remember to be kind to yourself and listen to your body and trust the process. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Vibing Consciously Podcast for more insights and inspiration. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep shining your light and spreading your love and positivity wherever you go. Namaste.